This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Tom and Mikey on Joy. Thomas, you're back from your big whirlwind adventure. Yeah, but I'm not happy. Why? <laughs> We're already at the gate. Why aren't you happy? Miserable. Yeah. Why? Why aren't you happy? Well, I don't know. Just not happy. I want to be looking at wild animals in the street. Not. Yeah. How was it? Was it? Were you really like up close all the time? All the time. So like, you weren't staying in a fancy resort couple no, of times. No, no. We, had, we actually had to sleep in like a little round mud house that had like straw on top of it. Get it was out. beautiful. Yeah. But at night time, yeah, we, we had to be locked in because the honey badgers get you. The honey badgers. That's what they told me. They said the honey badgers are going to be the most dangerous thing at night when you sleep. Out of all things, I didn't think the honey badgers well, were Because we're surrounded by an electric fence and the lions can't get through that and things like that. But the honey badgers can burrow under it. And You've yeah. already got a bad reputation correct. for the honey badger. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and the funny being thing is being South Africa, they're all into their um, rugby union of as course. well. So, yeah, we got to talk about the honey badger. They all knew who he was. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they probably knew who you were as well. Well, no. I yeah, hope well, not. So you've recently been away. Oh, I have. How are you with flights? Because I got you a neck pillow and you didn't even know these things existed. I didn't. And it was, re- it was really good because it actually holds your neck in place. Yeah. Yeah. I did actually, when I arrived there, because I went to the osteo two days before who fixed my neck up, I oh, wore the, the pillow. Ones? She didn't crack me this oh. time. She did some other stuff. But I had to go and find somebody in South Africa to do my neck. I was looking for witch doctors on the corner <laughs> side of the corner. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping I was going to get a witch doctor, but no, it wasn't. She no, was a lovely doctor. No shamans, nothing of the sort? There was. I, I saw them out there, but I think a lot of them were scammers oh. in, in yeah, but you know, I love a scam. You know, I'm the first <laughs> one to scam. But you're right, the plane is the worst. Be getting this 14 hours straight. Is that right? From Sydney to Johannesburg, but it's not the plane. It's the cattle that you have to sit with. Please, <laughs> God, never let me have to sit at the back of that plane again. It was horrible. So I'm assuming you weren't in cattle class, you're in an economy. Well, in economy. Yeah, yeah right. Because yeah. I saw, a, when I was coming on the plane, I saw this lovely little article and there was this people that had um, like a miniature horse got onto the plane with these people in America. I was so excited. It's their, what do you call their, it's a horse that helps them. You know, like you have like a, a seeing dog. eye dog type thing, yeah, but a horse. Well, she gets nervous, so she calls that her. Yeah. I've got, I got so many questions because my friend's got a miniature pony, and it's, no it's way. still large. It's still, it's like it's a big. It's still, you know. Yeah. I'd assume like it's bigger than Donkey from Shrek. That's a terrible uh, exam example. It's a big thing. It's like, you know, is it about my my my, my nipple height? Well, that's not a miniature <laughs> pony, then, is it? Yes, yeah, that's just a small. pony. No, it's still pretty tiny. Yeah. Like if I if I got on it, I'm sure it wouldn't enjoy the... No, well, I don't think you're meant to ride ponies. Yeah. 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 But how do they fit that? Because the, I know the, the aisles no, are so small, I can't even fit through we'll them. We'll put the picture on there. This one was like as big as a German Shepherd. Like oh. miniature. Yeah, the miniature horse goes That's by the cute. name of Flirty the Mini Service Horse. So he's a service horse. So she <laughs> she suffers terrible anxiety. Yeah, right. So it's actually classed as a, a therapy pet. Right. So she can cheat and she gets on the plane with it. And I'm saying to Wayne, do you know what? I would rather be sitting next to a horse purring in the <laughs> hole in the, than half these people. It's like, see, 
What were your observations of the people, the cattle? Well, I noticed that when you get put up the back, you get treated like a different class of human, even though you pay for the same seat. They bring you a lovely menu and says, here's your choices, you know, chicken, beef, you know, some vegetarian salad. By the time they get to the back of the plane, sorry, we've got nothing, here's your fish. And I'm like, whoa, fish, you know, at 14,000 feet, you know. There's no fish up here, thank you. I don't trust (laughs) your fish. So that was them. But, you know, like you're having dinner and next minute the people in front of you just throw their seat back on top of you. And I'm thinking, oh, come. I didn't put my seat all the way back. I'm not that type of traveller. I go half back and I think that's good enough for the people behind me. I think we discussed this last week potentially. I don't think that you should ever be able to recline your seat, even on a really long flight. Oh, 14 hours, you have to go back a little bit. Really? I think it's just so rude because it's already so cramped in economy. My yeah. knees are already touching the seat. And then when they squish back, like I have my laptop on the tray table, I'm trying to like watch some Netflix or something. And then they ruined that for me. I got nothing. And now they've got, they've got little TVs in the back of everyone's screen. And the guy behind me, I think, played solitaire. And all I got was him hitting the screen for about four oh. hours. And I'm thinking, you know, it's touchscreen. You don't actually need to belt it with a, <laughs> with a closed fist, you deal. And I'm thinking, oh, and I won't go, just keep calming yourself. Because you know me, I've got to get up and tell everybody. Oh, yeah. You get, I get did actually tell class. one family they had the most cutest kids, these three children. One was a baby and they just behaved the whole way. I, I had to get up and say, your children are fantastic. While there was other people, she sat there on her phone, whatever she did, while her kid just ran up. And down and up, and That's there was a one place there. I thought, Thomas, don't stick your foot out because it could end in. The <laughs> but that's what I wanted You're to bad, like, man. But it's terrible. After eight hours of this kid just slacking up past you, you're thinking, Oh, I could trip you over. Another round, folks. It's time for Wisdom with my co host Tom. It's time for Tom's Wisdom. Yeah. Oh, I've missed Tom's wisdom so much. And you're going to come back with plenty of it from your South Africa trip, I'm sure, Tom. Sure. Feed all the ugly to the lions. <laughs> that was me, my, yeah. <laughs> I, I did actually threaten Wayne that if we didn't see a lion, that would he be happy for me to bleed him and drag him behind the, the jeep? Oh, my God. We saw lines, so we'll that say. Was, okay, <laughs> good, good to hear. We're talking before how, about how you were stuck uh. in cattle class and you hated it. I was, uh, similarly, when I went to Cairns, a shorter trip, mind you, I was also stuck in cattle class, and I was showing you a photo before of this little toddler in the seat in front of me, and he would not stop bouncing around and staring over the seat and just staring at me. I was exhausted. It was like 10 o'clock at night. How do I tell the parents of this child, you're doing a bad job, rein your kid in? Because you had the same problem, didn't you? Well, I did a long time ago, but I was hungover getting on a plane yeah. and the kid kept kicking the back of my seat and I did ask the child nicely please could you stop doing that it's very annoying you know they just sit there and their feet yeah. go like that it doesn't it doesn't work you can't tell children what to do especially if they're with their mum and dad they feel like they've got this shield on yeah. like you can't get me my daddy's bigger than you you know yeah, the whole yeah. business so what you do is you go and whisper in the parents here yeah and I basically said if your child kicks the back of my seat again I'll start kicking you so I didn't threaten the child I threatened the dad I'm telling you the dad stops the kid from doing it the whole time. So there's no polite way of going about it? I have to go to threats, is that right? Well, no, you could have jumped over the, and get your face in the parent's face and go, could you keep your child away from me, please? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's what you've got to do. Okay. It's called mirroring. So you're allowed to I do I think it. that's the best way to treat people now. Match and mirror. Match and mirror. These parents were so proud of their kid. They're like, as he was jumping about, they had these endearing eyes on them. Nothing's worse than those parents that think 
their snotty-nosed little kid is fantastic. He was the worst. I Normally, when I want to, not intimidate kids, but I want to get them to, like, stop annoying me, when they stare at me, I just stare straight back at them and they get all scared and then they walk away. Or you give them the evils. He just stared back at me straight into my soul, this little devil child. <laughs> he did not did not turn off at all. He was, he was good. He played me. Well, and saying he beat you. He, be, he bested me he in my own game. I love it. Paul Mikey got bested by a four-year-old on a trip to Ken. But I'm telling you, those kids from Queensland are tough. They live in the bush. They've got to live with tiger snakes, giant pythons, <laughs> crocodiles, sharks, box jellyfish. Um, what's those toads that get around and kill you? Uh, I should have uh, should have. Yeah, I'm about telling you, those Queensland kids are tough. You would know where you're going to be a four-year-old <laughs> Queensland, especially one from Cairns. Wow, and this cyclones. Tom, that was so unhelpful. <laughs> Another Tom's wisdom, and it was successful. And the cyclones as well, right? <laughs> you know what dramatically stops Tom? Your holiday. Now you're back in doom and gloom, Melbourne. How it's you so feeling? sad, isn't it? Well, I feel sad. What yeah. do you mean you feel sad? Look, let me take you back there. Let me uh. close your eyes, Thomas. I'm going to take you on an adventure here. You're back in Africa, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's and it, it, tell me about the animals. Tell me about the <laughs> lions, the giraffes. What did you see, my friend? Well, we saw it all. Like, isn't that amazing? How lucky were we? People talk about the big five. We did the the big seven. What do you the mean? The big seven. Well, we got to see wild African hunting dogs, which are very rare. You never get to see. There was only like 250 left in the park. Wow. And I got to see, uh, I was going to say a flock. No, what would you call a... a her- uh, not a herd. Uh, a, a gang? No, not a gang. What are they called? Yeah, a group of puppies. Right. Yeah, a, a, a group of puppies coming down. Yeah. That was so cute. So we got to have them run to. Ten metres away, I got to watch a lion eat eat a zebra. We no, got you didn't. Stuck in the middle of white rhinos coming around us. Then we got chased by a bull elephant, which was probably the only time I got scared. Oh. No, there was a few times I actually got scared. Really? Well, because you're standing out there and this is like hyena looking at you. You could reach, reach out and actually pat it. You're not allowed to put your hands outside of the, the open air vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, because anything that goes out there looks like food. Four to five people a year get killed, get pulled out of there. Wow. But they're usually idiots that are waving at the line. Yeah. Because when, let's just say like the line or the animal's not looking at you, they've all got a habit of turning their butts on you. Like yeah. they kind of know you're looking. So you kind of want to go, yoo-hoo. So yeah. like it looks at you, but you don't yoo-hoo you the wild animals. You want to wave out there. Yeah, you yeah. want to. Actually, that's really funny trying to do a wee outside the car. Oh, but you know what? We saw the animals. That you was fantastic. You weed on the animals? Well, no, you've got to try and do a wee in the middle of the safari. So you have to kind of spend 10 minutes making sure there's nothing hiding in the grass next to you oh. while you do kind of you open the door and try and wee out of it before the animal comes and eats you. That's terrifying. But we did stop by the side of the river. I don't know. Look, he said we were safe to get out, and I trusted this guy. We got out of the car, and I thought, oh, this is really cute. It felt really nice being out there. Next minute, we got our car got raided by a bunch of uh, like monkeys all oh. just come in. And next minute, I could see my black handbag, like my black travel bag being moved. I thought, hang on, that's every cent, every credit card, oh. our passports. Well, they're trying to get all the food out of there. So they're raiding it, pulling out lollies, going through. Oh, like, but I could see my black bag and I'm thinking, oh, oh, oh. So I had to send our ranger to chase the baboons. <laughs> <laughs> they are so scary. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But we put plenty of pictures on, like, Wayne and Tom, if you go and then have a look. Did they you see gorgeous. my videos? Oh, they were... And the got photos stuck, you took? I got stuck in a herd, 2,000 buffalo, or water buffalo, cake buffalo coming through. That was amazing. I thought we were going to get run over then. The real-life Lion King But you're lived. sitting there in an open-air vehicle. It yeah. is crazy. And these animals, I mean, they're wild. Yeah. These are not... 
you know, pretend one's in the zoo. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, where did you stay at night? So we just kept driving, and then they stop at these little campsites that are surrounded by electric fences. Okay. And we, it was like little mud brick round houses cool. with, with thatch roofs, and then they lock you in there at night. Yeah, and if you want to pee, you just pee in a jar, I suppose. Right. Because you, you can't get into the honey badger's going to get you. The honey badger. You said that before. Why? I'm going to look up. Well, they've got these big giant nails, and they're just aggressive and like. Are they quick? These? Oh yeah, they'll kill lions. We're talking. We're talking the things about as big as a cat. Get a few of them together, and they take a lion down. They look so ugly. They're like big skunks. Oh no! Oh, scary. The ugliest one was the warthogs. Even I didn't want to take a photo of them after a while. I thought, oh, you're so unattractive. Put that ugly beak away. Not like Timon and Pumbaa. (laughs) Nothing like Timon and Pumbaa. And that's what I said. I get there. I go. Well, where are the meerkats? He goes, bloody Lion King. So in South Kruger, there's no meerkats. They're up in the desert in. No, no, Ribia. I don't know. Everyone even say the country because I'll, I'll look like a fool. Yeah, right. But we went to Mozambique to the border up there with through the national parks through the top and around and right. It was the best. Tom's back from his South Africa journey. We've been hearing about it all morning. If you've missed any of animals, it. animals, 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 including the people. They're all animals, right? No, only the people on the not the, not the natives. The, plane yeah, the coming back. Yeah, the cattle class people. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Africans were beautiful. Yeah. They were fantastic. I had I did everything I was told not to do. I went and spent a day in Soweto, down in the the little slum areas, which is what they said. It, was fantastic. And I you're went, fine. You didn't get abducted or anything like no, that. No, but I did get told by the man who took us there to stop walking off down, you know, places and behind things with people you I don't know. Of doing that. Well, the guy says to me, "Come with me." We went to this old nuclear power station in the middle of Sorrento, and that's where they have their big parties. And between it was like it, you got to bungee jump. Thirty-five Australian dollars oh to bungee God. jump straight onto rocks. Oh, are you are you making fun of my pronunciation? Oh, Soweto. Sor- oh, Soweto. I thought you said Sorrento or Soweto. No, it's like Soweto. Yeah, do you know what it stands for? Fun well, fact of the day. Oh, no, tell me, please, sir. South West Township. So it was basically built as like this massive place where all the South Africans would be would live oh, and then no. they'd well, train actually, all the workers I've got a nerd doing my Tinder. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> In 1948, when the yeah. apartheid happened, which is, do you know what apartheid was? No, I don't. Well, it was actually quite a sad thing, and oh. maybe I was old enough to do it. So it was like it's a pos- policy of the government, which was the relationships between white South Africans, who were the minority, and the non-white, which were the majority, which basically sanctioned racial segregation. So oh. they weren't allowed to walk around the streets without passports. They weren't allowed to get certain jobs. They weren't allowed to vote. They were then taken out of Johannesburg and all moved to Soweto, which is exactly where right. that town come. About and where- a million people lived there, and they were trained in to do all the... The, you know, the cleaning jobs and, like, the other sorts of jobs in the main town Correct. every day. Yeah. It was a really... That's and amazing. it was terrible. They weren't... So if you... So we went to the jail there where Nelson Mandela, who was probably the most famous uh, African to be locked up, 27 years, and we got to go there. Just... W- so say the whites go into jail. Sorry, I'm getting the history lesson. I'm going to turn the music off here. Go the on. whites <laughs> go into jail, and then there was also... Well, they used to have three signs. Whites... Coloured and blacks, and that was signs on everything. It, it was terrible. They're still even there. Bench, even bench, benches in the street would correct. be like whites only, blacks only. Yeah, what you can use where oh. buses, certain buses. And I was kind of confused at first. I said, I, I didn't know what to say. Like, what do you mean by coloured? Like, I, I didn't know what to say, but it was basically. Indians, Chinese, or if it was a mixed race people, so they then were treated terrible. But you should have seen the difference in the food. But 
All the white people were rapists and murderers. They're the only ones locked up in jail. Everybody else was either didn't carry their card with them, was political unrest, didn't told their boss to go and nick it off, and it was quite terrible. Mm. Up until 1994, it only happened, stopped. Terrible. Terrible. But, you know, when they, in 1990, they let Nelson Mandela out of jail and they said, right, we're going to get rid of apartheid. We're going to let everybody have an equal vote. We're going to become a free country. There was a group of white people who started this. They had a fake Nazi flag, started protesting. They bombed Johannesburg Airport in 1992. So there was lots of things that we didn't know went on. So the clerk said, well, bugger you all. Let's have a referendum like we did in this country. And, of course, only the whites voted. How much do you think come back and say get rid of apartheid? I'd assume not many percent at all. Seventy percent of 70. the white people in South Africa voted to remove apartheid. That's so great. That just showed me again about this whole thing. We've got a few loudmouths who who run around and make racist, homophobic, whether it's sexist. You know, we've got all yep. these things happening here. Majority of people, seventy percent of the world's population, believe that people should be able to live their lives free and easy. The biggest word I heard from Nelson Mandela was called dignity. It has mm. nothing to do with anything. And it made me think, I went so I want to read something out. This is a quote from Nelson Mandela about why his leadership, his leadership itself. And um, what's that other? Mr. Turnbull? No, what's the other one? Scott Morrow, let's go, Mo. Listen here, buddy. This is from Nelson Mandela. As a leader, I have always endeavoured to listen to what each and every person had to say before I ventured to make my own opinion. That's what makes a good leader. We don't... He's not there to shove it down our throat. His job, our leader, and that's what he said, was to listen to everybody... Be the voice of the people. ...and then come and do it. The only thing... One problem with Nelson Mandela, one problem... There's only bloody one of him. And it's mm. a shame he's gone. Yeah. It's what a man. I, I couldn't stop crying. It's funny, you, you spend all day... There. I got to go to an AIDS orphanage in Soheto. That was just beautiful. I danced with children through mm. there. All these kids wanted to do was just be cuddled and loved. And I come well, back to Wayne it. and I said to Wayne, I've spent a lot of money. He goes, what'd you buy? I go, oh, I didn't buy anything. I just gave everybody money. <laughs> or I, I didn't mean to. I couldn't help it. Like, yeah. People living in 10 sheds. Yeah. You know? And this lady was there and she was crying and saying she's worried about her children and bringing them up in a tin shed. And I said, look, I don't want to sound silly, but I brought my children up in a tin shed for five years. Yep. We, we, we had a dirt floor until I built the next room and the next room. I go, one's a doctor now. Life can get better. Yeah. Beautiful, Thomas. You, you sound like you had a very uh, inspiring... Well, I'm, I'm now considering journey. I want to be African. You're okay. I'm, I'm going to become a, a calamari bushman. I'm just going to wander <laughs> through calamari. the bush forever. Wake up with Tom and Mikey. Thursdays for breakfast on Joy. Tune in to 94.9 in Melbourne. Stream live at joy.org.au or download the Joy app. Find all our podcasts at tomandmikey.com. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Joy Podcasts. Where you want them, when you want them. Thanks for listening to another Joy Podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.